Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator, and I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone. To the Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our returning special guest co-host. Reintroducing, then. Yeah, that, yeah. knowing me, knowing you. Uh-huh. That's Abba. What are you doing already? Well, I'm Alan Partridge, okay? But anyway. Yes, yeah, seriously. I was going to be like, wow, Abba. <laughs> That's a deep cut. It's man. Mike Sapsig. Here we are. <laughs> What's happening, boys? Well, guys, before we get into the usual, uh, all of that good stuff, you can just check the uh, episode description. We're just going to get into this episode. Guys, since the last time we did an episode, we lost the boy. We lost Spider-Man. And we might have gained a Lady Hawk guy, which is great. Yeah, but uh, you can't say that we have lost Spider-Man because this could all be ginning up so they can get all of the money that they didn't get. When they got Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Well, so I... this could all be drama. And, I mean, I'm thinking that that's all it is. It's just drama, drama, drama. <clears throat> I mean, I'm I'm hearing like little things, though, like when Tom Holland was going on saying Spider-Man is safe in Sony's hands, and I'm just thinking to myself, Tom, blink twice if they have a gun to the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... I do... I am interested in seeing what happens because, yeah, Sony has had a moderately decent track record with their, you know, the successes. The first two Spider-Man movies, then you have the first Amazing Spider-Man, which was pretty decent back in the day. And then, of course, you have Spider-Verse. And those are all non-MCU movies, and they're pretty damn great, especially Spider-Verse. So Spider-Verse, I'll agree with you. The rest of them, I mean, it was... It, when I look back, and I have watched them since the... Uh, launch of the Marvel Universe, they don't hold up terribly well. I mean, Sam Raimi is a really great uh, storyteller, but, I mean, he it's what he had to work with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're very much uh, the cheese. Sec- I was going to say, for me, the, the um, you know, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the second one was the better of the all three. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we, most people, it's like the Godfather, you don't talk about the third one. <laughs> So, and amazing, um, Andrew Garfield was just too much, like, we all had that friend, that, not friend, but that guy in school who uh, fell ass backwards into women, uh, money, uh, you know, cool cars, that that annoying sack of crap. And that's what Andrew Garfield always reminded me of. I always associate his uh, portrayal with... uh the uh, Andrew Garfield on BoJack Horseman where he's in a body cast and they still have like 15 feet of hair, you know, over the uh, cast. So. Oh. But I mean, with for myself though, with the, you know, everything going on with this, Venom was not great. (laughs) And rumor and innuendo is maybe he might, you know, they might bring Tom Holland into Venom 2, shoehorn him in and uh, (laughs) that's all I can really say. 
we saw how uh, shoehorning Andrew Garfield into the Sinister Six movie went over Gangbusters Oof. with Paul Giamatti as the Rhino, which brilliant casting in my opinion. Who would you have cast back in the day that, for that? I'm going to let that sit right there. Who like, do you who do you cast as uh, the Rhino? Yeah, like CGI. I don't know. I like that. Our our favorite actor CGI. Mm. That's the only way to make it believable. The thing is, though, in regards to Venom Two, with you know everything going on with that, the uh, announcement that Andy Circus, the circus is in town. He's going to be the one doing the directing of it, and. I kind of am breathing a little sigh of relief because the man does know mocap, and if you do a Venom movie, obviously there's going to be a lot of mocap. Yeah, and Andy Serkis is... I'm looking at him, and then I look at a picture of, uh, you know, Gollum, and I'm like, you know, they're they're both... They don't look anything alike, but um, he's very unique looking, and... I never pictured him as Claw. They should have gone with the... Uh, I mean, I would have loved to have seen some, some uh, motion capture Claw. That would have been great. Like the purple suit and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why not? The purple suit, that Dr. Doom mouth, that was cool. That is one of the cooler... I mean, it is impractical as far as... Comic books were never made to be made into movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jack Kirby was like... Screw this noise. You know, you want a summer blockbuster? I'll give you a cap treasury. Here you are. And and it's it's stuff that, you know, now with CGI and practical effects, you can do it. But back then, it's like, this is, be, uh, there's, I'm going to put stuff in here that, you know, even people on LSD are like, whoa, this is too trippy for me. I'm actually finally revisiting some of uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World stuff, like after you know years, because I tried reading it years ago and I couldn't get into it. Got the trades and everything, and you know barreling through, and yeah, it's incredibly trippy. And I like the uh, the repackaging of that. They did like day glow uh, colors too for it, you know. Yes, for the uh, the trades you got. Mm Hmm. Although I'm really I got the. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I got that huge um, Fourth World omnibus that, you know, if you dropped off the Empire State Building, it would, you know, cause an extinction-level event. Oh. <laughs> my, my thing is, like, I'm waiting for the uh, the trades of those, like, because I, I wanted to, you know, digest them, like, series by series, as opposed to, like, I've, I've read, seen the reading order, and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to read two issues of Jimmy Olsen and then read Forever People, and wait, why am I leaving Jimmy? Okay, I'm going to go back to Jimmy now, and, oh, okay? Just confusing kind of stuff, but... I, I like I'm waiting for Forever People to get released finally in that format because I'm I'm using the uh, 1998 black and white trade and I want to experience oh. Kirby in color man like just that stuff. <laughs> that's that's the only way to experience Kirby is in color. And uh, if you you want the best version of the Fourth World characters, just watch Young Justice. See, I'm going through right now on DC Universe a lot of the stuff. I'm I'm finally catching up on Doom Patrol, and then I'm going to be going into a lot of the animated stuff, Young Justice is absolutely on my list, because I missed out on it. should be at the top of your list. Trust me on this one. Mm-hmm. Well, you are a comic book man, so... That's that's true. Trust me, I'm a comic book man. <laughs> that's that's what... I have a bumper sticker that says that. See that? Bumper sticker, t-shirt waiting to happen. Very good. Or a mug. Right. Or a mug. Mm-hmm. Or a pendant at a college game. A pendant. Yes. Why not? Or a pendant. Yeah, college. A pendant. College on the pendant. <laughs> And I, I just feel 
in regards to going back over to the you know the costumes and everything, you look at, for example, Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home and tying back over to the whole Spider-Man issue. Spider, like, you look at the Mysterio costume and it looks so different than the comic book version. And then you see him like at one point when he gets the Edith glasses. By the way, spoilers for a three-month-old movie, but he ends up taking part of the costume off, and you see kind of the original Mysterio outfit. I noticed. Yeah, but even the uh, when you know uh, he was dressed in in his, it, he still had the fishbowl, right? Which I thought was awesome. That to me was like they kept the fishbowl. And it's maintaining elements of what makes the comics the comics. And on the topic of maintaining the comics and the source material and everything, the Hawkeye series is going to be coming out very soon. And a lot of people have been saying it's going to be heavily reminiscent of the Fraction AHA run. And right now they're saying Haley Steinfeld from the movie Bumblebee and also the saying her first rodeo with Marvel, who was Spider-Gwen in, into the Spider-Verse, they may be casting her as Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series for Disney Plus. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I think it's going to be um, she's a hot property now and that's what you need for this like low tier kind of you know Hawkeye wasn't the the breakout star of the Avengers. He was never the guy. You know, he had a, a clever line or two. I mean, Jeremy Renner's he's a fine feature length film actor, but I mean, he was never going to replace um you know, uh, Chris Evans as, like, everybody's heartthrob or, um, you know, any of the, the Chris's, really, when you think about it, or even Robert Downey Jr. He's, he's a backup guy. And there are certain characters that are great as, you know, part of an ensemble cast. Wolverine was never meant to be the breakout star in X-Men until John Byrne took over. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave Cockrum didn't know what to do with Wolverine, so he focused more on... Um, more on Nightcrawler. He was trying to make Nightcrawler this big thing. And unfortunately, the fans wanted more Wolverine. Not unfortunately. Unfortunately for Nightcrawler. Right. Fortunately for Hugh Jackman, you know, Wolverine became the breakout star, you know, the first of the X-Men to get his own, you know, miniseries and, you know, subsequently his own ongoing. Maybe Hawkeye when we're talking about breaking out in this way and separate, because I'm thinking, well, he did break out. He formed the West Coast Avengers, and, you know, they had a good run, what, about 100 issues in, in that series or whatever, so maybe a long... Uh, in, in the comics, absolutely. Yeah. Now, on the topic of Hawkeye and everything going on, Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot for this one. With Kate Bishop, Who? which Marvel stories featuring the character other than the Fraction AHA run of Hawkeye, which series should readers check or listeners check out? Oh, you have to read. You have to read her origins. Read Young Avengers. Young Avengers by uh, Alan Hein Hein uh, Heinberg. Yes. Alan Heinberg and um, Jim. Jim I think Young. I actually have the uh, complete trade of that sitting on my uh, bookcase, and I really want to get into it soon. And I'm planning on it. Like, oh, it, oh, oh man, are you in for a treat? I've heard nothing I mean, but good this things. Has, this has everything for Phase Five of the Avengers, uh, the Avengers, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hmm. Everything you need to know. And believe- Everything you need. It's got, it's got um, time travel. It's got the Kree scroll War. It's got everything. See, I'm curious. It is, it's tremendous. I'm interested in the fact of what could be next with Phase 5, by the way, because 
they announced recently that there's going to be Black Panther 2. Everyone knows that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to happen, and I believe Captain Marvel 2. It hasn't been officially confirmed, but come on, money. No, I think it's been confirmed, hasn't it? Oh, As Guardians of the Galaxy, they're going to call it, I'm sure. I, w- I would not doubt that. Especially, you know, I love that they ended up making the movie, or the, the comic recently. I think it was, uh, isn't it Bun writing that? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, I don't remember who was writing that. I, I, I haven't read Guardians of the Galaxy since Abnett and Lanning. No problem, but... Um, and they were awesome. They were fantastic, by the way. See, I, I, as somebody who like got introduced to the Guardians through the movies, and then looking back on everything, I am partial to the Bendis run, and that's a very much a uh, controversial take, I guess. Like Some people like really hate Bendis on that title, but... Some people hate Bendis on anything. Oh, my God. Um, you know what? Right now, it's bad to be the writer. It's like they're trying to make it into the artist thing. And uh, believe me, I think that both parties should be given equal credit. You know, one shouldn't take over for the, you know, take over for the other. Um, it's the whole Stan Jack thing. And uh, I'm so it, it, it gets so tiresome. People are like, well, he's stealing his work. And it's like, not really. I do. I mean, um, it's a collaboration, right? Yes. I'm myself. Yeah. I write, so I side with the writer. But it's like a co-creation process. It's both people were involved. You know, both cooks. You know, right. And in regards also to the Disney Plus stuff with Hawkeye, uh, I was going to say Hawkeye just as the joke one, but as Hawkeye is coming out, we're going to be getting Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel. We're going to be getting Marvel's What If, and what was the uh, third one? Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, She Hulk. We're also going to be getting WandaVision and. They just released some, I guess, better quality scans of the uh, posters they gave out at D23. And it's a black and white shot of Vision and Wanda sitting on a couch in 1950s-ish suburbia, and the glow of the television is the only thing giving them color. And some people are saying this is actually, they're basing part of this on the Tom King Vision run, which was, I believe, 2015, right, Mike? Right. And, again... It's currently out, some of it is out of print. Like issue, uh, issue. Uh, the first trade is out of print. Hmm. The only way you can get it is the second. Um, that big volume. No, well, the the second um, trade is is the only way. And now they're they're coming out. Now they're coming out with uh, a hardcover because guess what? Let's go for a cash grab. I mean, in the interest of fairness, though, it is a absolutely solid run, and it's one of those I wish Tom King stayed over at Marvel to do a little bit more because apparently he had pitched, for example, the idea of the vote Loki story. And he ended up just, you know, uh, DC offered me, a, you know, a boatload of money to be able to do Bat Guy. And that happened. But I feel some of the ideas that Tom King had waiting for him would have been fantastic. I think he was going to do a Winter Soldier series as well. That would have been cool to see. Cause, but it's the Winter Soldier... In my mind, the only person who can really write him right now, and, I mean, somebody out there proved me wrong, some writer, but I thought Ed Brubaker had him perfectly. I love he the fa- pitch perfect. I love the fact that he didn't create Bucky, but he reinvented the character to the point where he is involved with a major part of the character's creation now. Of course. And the fact, you know, Marvel Studios paid tribute by having Brubaker show up in, like, I believe, the uh, one of the laboratories in the film was awesome to see. Sure. Like, well, it's, it's like Judd Winnick. Uh, Judd Winnick didn't uh, create Jason Todd, but he recreated him. You know, and, and I know this is the marvelous, but you know, mm-hmm. let's give credit where credit's due. 
The distinguished competition, yes. But he, he took a, a crappy concept of um, Superboy punching the universe and and causing ripples to to make it so that Jason Todd didn't die. I thought that was really cool. It was actually a pretty clever, you know, Deus Ex Machina, just like the Cosmic Cube is is also a perfect one. Now we're talking about Jason Todd, crowbar enthusiast, correct? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Very dark, I know, but... A wrecking Crew came to mind there. All right, fine. Oof. Oh, yes, the wrecker. I love him, jerk. <laughs> I'm actually currently going through, because of uh, our most recent episode with Al Ewing, the uh, Immortal Hulk run, and I still cannot get over that one scene in Immortal Hulk where Wrecker is ripped in half. And, ugh, just so creepy. He's doing such a damn good job, but... Oh, so creepy. Now, Mike... Well, I mean... Look at, um, what was it? Oh, my God. It was Siege where um, Ares got ripped in half. I have not read Siege. Is that worth Vinci checking out? got pissed off at him. I'm sorry. Spoilers for uh, an eight-year-old uh, miniseries by uh, Marvel. Jay's Louis Simonson. Yeah, the, the Sentry got torn right in half by uh, the, the Sentry. Not Ares, Sentry. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm starting to all these all these names. It's also hilarious so that you're bringing up uh, Sentry because I just added, um, like, uh, I'm doing going through the Sentry reading order because I want to check out some of his stories because I feel down the line we're going to end up getting Sentry introduced into the MCU. Like, it's it's got to happen. Uh, get so Superman done right. That'd be. I would love to. Well, we've we've seen bad. You've seen him already. He was in Brightburn. Just That's not Sentry. just not done very well for me. That movie was. And, also Hyperion, uh, although yes. I did enjoy the uh, Squadron Supreme run by uh, Grunwald, J. Michael Straczynski. Mm. No, that um, was pretty good. Oh, the Grunwald one, though, is like a masterpiece from what I've heard, and it's one of those, it's on my list, and I still need to read it. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, it's, it's actually very, very well done. Mark Grunwald did a great job on it. Now, Mike, before we let you go, we want to ask you, what are some of the Marvel books that you're pulling right now and you recommend to the audience at home? I like the old stuff. I mean, a lot of the current stuff is um, making my brain bleed. Marvel and DC. It's, I, I hate to say that because I'm trying to keep current, but there's so much stuff out there that just contradicts all the other stuff, which is kind of horrible. Well, let me ask, um, are you much of a Simpsons fan at all? I love The Simpsons. So do you remember the episode where Homer's watching Twin Peaks and he goes, brilliant, I have no idea what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much There's There's a lot of stuff. I hear a, a lot of good stuff from people, and I hear a lot of bad stuff from people. But I can tell you there are a couple books that I have been reading. Um, the Black Panther has been fantastic. And uh, some fairly recent runs, like Bendis' run on uh, The Invincible Iron Man, before uh, Riri Williams comes in, uh, which led into the infamous Iron Man, that was fantastic. That was my favorite book, hands down, because you had Doom trying for redemption. It, it like, springboards out of uh, Secret Wars right? that Jonathan Hickman did. Well, on the topic of Hickman, the reason I brought up Homer Simpson with the uh, Twin Peaks watching... That's me with House and uh, Powers of X right now because I'm reading the series and I have no idea what the hell's going on. Uh, from what I understand, Krakatoa, Kraka, Krakoa, Kr- Krakoa. I'm sorry, Krakoa. Krakatoa is the actual island 
<laughs> that Lynn Ween swiped from. But Krakoa is a, um, it's a mutant itself. It's a mutant island. And did you happen to read? Uh, no, you haven't because it's not out in stores. Uh, I'm, I'm a comic book guy, so Ooh. I get to read a day early. Yay, yay for me. <laughs> uh, but I read the um, Powers of X4, which came out today. Right. Well, tomorrow. A time Kim came out tomorrow. I'm sorry. It comes out tomorrow for all you peasants. But no, it came out. Um, we got our books in today. That was the first thing that I read. And it was pretty wacky. And I said, any, you know, anyone who hasn't been looking at uh, Newsarama or Bleeding Cool and doesn't know about the spoilers for House of X that came out last week. Right the last week um you know and you know all these all the every single x-man died i didn't even know they were sick <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly can't even you know hey i meant to call you but you know <laughs> no it was uh it was pretty pretty heinous i mean the way that um hickman just killed them all off so i mean i i can see where he's going because Having read comics for the past forty X years, um, I I know what Krakoa's abilities are. So I'm like, huh, okay, huh. Yeah, because when leave it right there. Everything that's going on, like once I heard that apparently number two of uh, I think it was House of X became like a key issue because of the thing with Moira, and I I, I I'm pulling it digitally in Comicsology and. I was like, ah, I'll finally start binge reading it. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like that's yes, the... exactly. I have no idea. Yeah, but we had uh, Jeremy Conrad of the uh, MCU Cosmic Cast, and he was like telling me like, you have to read it. It's so good. I'm also like, I agree, Jeremy. I still have no idea what's going on, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And. I mean, I my still my go to for Marvel is Immortal Hulk. Ewing like is crafting such a dark, twisted fantasy. Uh, that's a Kanye West album, but it's <laughs> it's something that that I think that's a modern day masterpiece. And I, like I was hearing at one point it was going to end at twenty five, but then I saw there's solicitations for twenty seven and up. So yeah, well, we also had solicitations for uh, Walking Dead for one ninety five, and that never happened. So yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I kind of well, my wallet kind of hopes it ends soon, but yeah. Is there any uh, other things that are coming up now? I can only relate to part of this in getting a, a recent issue of the the handout as far as previews and stuff, and I'm seeing several things. I'm starting to think, oh my god, do I want to try this, this, this? Uh, I think there's a restart of Ghost Rider. There's a uh, build up now for Spawn 300. Just things in general. And I'm, well, I tell everyone to pick up, um, and it's the little uh, Spider-Man that could, the Superior Spider-Man, <laughs> where we see, um, or we try to, we're, we're seeing uh, Otto Octavius in a new body trying to be the, the best uh, that he can be. It's pretty cool. Truly the die is cast. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> did you know Truly by Lionel Richie in the 80s? Oh no, the Commodores. <laughs> oh, sap alert. There we go. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, once again, big thank you for guesting on the show once again. Guys, my pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. 
And, uh, yeah, come and uh, next time you're in town, come and, and visit me at a Shared Universe Podcast Studios. Absolutely. We're located in Eatontown, New Jersey. Very cool. Consider that an invite. And you also are at 35 Broad Street, Red Bank, New Jersey, Jay and Silent Bob's Silly Stash. We are Silly Stash? Nice. I, see, I, I don't I was, think that, that Kevin would like that, but hey, whatever. I've always called he it... Likes to cons- I, I was going to say, he likes to consider himself a connoisseur of the comic book. Not a silly sore. I've always called the character silly him uh, Silly Bob ever since the animated series, which was like a major, major part of my uh, childhood sense of humor. Excellent. Excellent. All right, boys. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks again, Mike Zapsick. Appreciate it. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Mike Zapsick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. But wait, there's more. We have, at long last, an extra tag-on, add-on bonus this episode of The Marvelous, because we've been a little remiss in uh, talking to the listenership of where we're being. We've been making some appearances. If you didn't see recently, we helped celebrate Marvel Comics 1000 by making a first-ever podcast recording at Main Street Comics in Middletown in Orange County, New York. And I'm still disappointed at the uh, the live listeners who could not get those lame-ass trivia questions. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, oh, I mean... It's always a next time, slugger. Mm-hmm. Next time, baby. Peter then was recast as Don Cheadle. <laughs> Not quite. But we have some dates that we're going to be actually doing some speaking engagements. With my girlfriend. Oh, in oh, quotes. Oh, oh, those kind of dates. Yes, it's on the road with the marvelous, as we like to say once in a while. The first one coming up on uh, Saturday, September 21st. In Wurtsboro, in Sullivan County, for Catskill Talks. Shout out to former co-host, or guest co-host of the show, Patricio Rabio for setting that bad boy up. And the one that immediately follows right after that, one week later, for, I believe, their first mini Comic-Con, in also in Orange County, in Port Jervis, at the Port Jervis Free Library. And we want to welcome now on the phone, Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us and, uh, well, reaching out to us. And uh, putting this together. Thank you for uh, agreeing to be there. We're very excited to have you guys. What do you do at the library besides read? And <laughs> tell us about this event, how it came to uh, get you know put together. Uh, well, I work in the children's room at the library. I am a library clerk there at the Port Jervis Free Library. Um, and this event, I mean, it was a culmination of a lot of different people with a lot of different ideas, and we teamed up with uh, Doug and Emmett over at Haven for Heroes in Port Jervis, and started uh, our little Port Jervis Fan Fest, our first ever little baby library con. And that's going to be running, what are the hours and the location again? So that's going to be at 138 Pike Street in Port Jervis, New York, at the Port Jervis Library, and it's going to be from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. on Saturday, September 28th. Is there a formal schedule put together, and just so we know that we're not going to be late, at least <laughs> where we fall into the lineup? <laughs> there is a formal schedule. Um, we actually just released that on our Facebook page uh, yesterday, um, so anybody can go to the Port Jervis Spring Library Facebook page, and you will see the great and fantastic uh, events we're going to be having, all our special guests, um, all the exciting appearances that there's going to be, and of course the fantastic panel that you guys will be moderating moderating a panel i don't know if that's a first no wait what well you know what i think it is for me this will be my i believe uh 
fourth. Fourth. Yeah, so you got some experience. You're gonna you're gonna teach the old man here. I think it's the fifth panel, actually. I think you can handle it, Eddie. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, as long well, if as long as they talk like Fabian Nicieza or Don McGregor, all we have to do is you're kick all, our feet back up. You're all there. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to not make them see me sweat. <laughs> Wear a hat. Wear a hat. <laughs> a bandana. <laughs> or a do rag. Eddie Wilson, do rag enthusiast. And, and long hair is back in the day. You know, let me tell you what. Mm-hmm. Now, in regards to libraries and comic books, obviously there's the big correlation because, once again, they're comic books. But mm-hmm. how many people come in every day looking for comic books, and what are like usually the preferences that people have? Is it you Marvel, know, DC? a big thing for libraries right now is graphic novels. Um, we're really trying to push the fact that, you know, there may be a kid that, isn't too into reading, but if he picks up a graphic novel, he is much more likely to go through and read the same novel that he might just read in text. Um, So that's a big thing for us right now. There's actually a lot of things all over the country about, you know, helping kids learn to read by giving them graphic novels. It kind of takes the pressure off. So that's primarily when people come in what they're looking for. Um, And we're trying to get people to realize that, you know, you can come to the library and you can check out comic books. You don't necessarily have to buy them. Um, don't tell Doug I said that, but <laughs> you know it, it's it's another form of literature, and a lot of parents don't realize that, and we're trying to get that across that it's okay for your kid to pick up a comic book and read because they're reading. My immediate thought, I'm sorry, it's paranoia perhaps, or it's just a self thing, that when I hear comic books at a library, and I'm thinking, oh no, what kind of condition are they? How oh, are they geez. handling them? You know, for the love of God. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're not going to find some rare first edition comic book at the library, that's for sure. Um, we'll save those for the comic book shops. But, you know, we get subscriptions of different, uh, of different kind of books. And then, again, like we have complete series of not just regular comics, but like manga and anime and things like that. And, you know, they're, they're actually kept up pretty good because the people that are reading them appreciate them and what goes into them. So, you know, they... they so far from what I've seen, pretty much treat them like they're their own and do a good job of them. That's good, because I think subscription, I never really had a formal subscription to any comic book growing up, and in my heyday of collecting up to like 24 titles a month, I would just go to the store, get them, or send away for to a comic book warehouse company, that kind of thing, because subscriptions, I tend to think, oh, it's a label on the comic book itself. No, that can't be good, or like a magazine <laughs> subscription, or, or whether it came in an envelope or cellophane or whatever, you know. Now, you guys say that you sell mangoes there. Now, how ripe are these mangoes? Mangoes. Manga. Manga. (laughs) Never mind. Fruit. (laughs) See, I was either... No mangoes at the library. I was expecting a look of either disappointment from Eddie Don't you know with the library you're not supposed to have food or drink, Peter? No talking in the library, Eddie. (laughs) I don't know these youngins nowadays. Well, if everything is digital and stuff, maybe it's okay. and Maybe there's... um, like those skin, like the computer keyboards used to have, I guess, a skin over them, so you wouldn't get crumbs in between the keys or something like that. Maybe times have changed so much that the, the, things like this, electronics, are somewhat spill-proof. I don't know. Oh, the times they are a change in Eddie. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a while since I've set foot in a library, so hopefully, you know. Oh, sacrilege! You'll know. So I'll, I'll walk into it. Oh, that must be Eddie. D, I was in. A, I <laughs> was in a, over here, Eddie. It's 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 Danielle. Okay, come here. <laughs> D, I was. Uh, D, I was in a library last week. So mm-hmm. very yeah. proud of you, Peter. Very Thank proud you. of you. I mean, I, I, still... I and that's, that's a huge 
part of this event too is that there's such a stigma that you go into the library and you got to keep your head down, keep your hands in your pockets, don't touch anything unless you're checking it. And we're trying to get people to know that like there's so many programs that yep. the Park Jefferson Street Library does, and not just my library, but all of the libraries everywhere. You know, it's, libraries are changing with the times, and we are more than just books. I mean, we do. I had a Marvel movie club last year to with all the Marvel movies that were coming out. I mean, we have writing clubs, we have yoga, we do so many things besides just check out books and. We have an awesome app that you can listen to books on. You can download books on also free with your library card. And anybody who goes to any of the RCLS libraries in the counties that surround us are able to access that kind of stuff. And we really want people to come to the library and realize, like, wow, if they're throwing a con, what else can they do? That is cool because when I first saw... Marvel Movie Club, I said, wait a minute, how come we didn't know about this? <laughs> or we were actually maybe on our own doing that and reviewing all the movies leading up to in, uh, in Infinity and everything. And so I, we, we will talk about this again on the 28th in Port Jervis. I should back up what I said, though. We, I think for the first time that we spoke as is as the Marvelous, as part of a panel of other people, was in uh, Milton, I think the town was, in in New York State. And Not to be confused with Milton from the movie Office Space. Or anything, or the game uh, company, you know, Bradley kind of thing. <laughs> but this would be the first time I've set foot in the Port Jervis Library. That's more accurate. Now, my question, by the way, is, is it true that having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card, like they said in the theme song to Arthur, or not the theme song? That is 100% true. The possibilities are endless when you have a library card. And if not, get one. Yes. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not it's, difficult. It's library card sign-up month in the month of September, so go to your local library, get your library card, and if you're like, oh, library, you even leave your time in September. So it couldn't be at a more timely thing now. It's, again, the 28th of September. It's a Saturday. Again, 11 to 4, the whole event at the Port Jervis Free Library. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to having you there, guys. Thank well, you so much. We thank you for uh, helping to coordinate that again. Doug and Emmett Garnham from Haven for Heroes in Port Jervis. And that's Thanks, the story. Thanks, guys. That, that was, was my best Doug and uh, Emmett impression. Yeah, no, that's that's not quite going to fly that exactly. <laughs> they couldn't be here to thank. But we've done two podcasts, actually, for a couple of movie reviews. So they're good folk. And thank you again, Danielle. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.